You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. You can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at TheBatmanBC. You can also email for questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or anything Batman at all at TheBatmanBC at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer, spelled like lower. Now in this episode, as you can see in the title, we're taking a look in the mirror, the black mirror, and I cannot do this alone. From the World's Finest True Believers podcast, it is Chris Balga. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, without a doubt. Thanks for joining. Uh, if In case anybody is unfamiliar, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about your podcast? Yeah, it's like you said, it's uh, titled World's Finest True Believers. And each episode, a guest and I will discuss a comic book arc or graphic novel from any publisher and kind of do a deep dive into it. You know, we look at the writers and artists, we look at the history behind the creation of it, and then just kind of fan out about, you know, why the guest favorite parts the guest has of the, the arc or the graphic novel, kind of look at, you know, impact that they had. Um, so yeah, we're, you know, Plugging right along, coming up to uh, be a year in end of May, beginning of June, we premiered. So, woo, flying by. And it, it, what's awesome with your podcast, too, is that it's not just uh, restrictive of a publisher or a, a character. Not that mm-hmm. being restricted to one character is a bad thing, but uh, it kind <laughs> of goes all over, the, all over the place. And actually, we met because you were uh, allowing anybody to kind of like get a hold of you. And if they want to come on the mm-hmm. show, we can talk about whatever. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I can finally gush about Batman Noel. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. No, you've been on Noel. And depending on when this comes out, either probably depending on what you're, you're doing, we, you know, we've come mm-hmm. on and uh, you've done another one. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it a secret, but it is, we, you oh, yeah. dabbled in the waters of Marvel with your second one, but no, it was a great opportunity. I had never read that story before. So you get, uh, that's why I like doing the podcast because it's not just stuff I've read, but people mm-hmm. that have come on and, and any of your listeners, if you're interested, we can we'll talk at the end of the show of how you can reach me. But, you know, that's the thing. You can look at any publisher and, and you know, it's always that's the best thing about it. We can talk about anything and I even get some new stuff. So, yeah, and that's reflective, actually, so far, um, the episode of this show uh with Justin Kowalski, uh, he got me to read Batman Thrill Killer. I'd never heard of it before. I'd never read it before. And then actually the an upcoming episode is another Batman story, which I'll wait to say. Uh, one that I'd never read before and I always strayed from. And I actually read it and I liked it. So it it does work. It's it's yep. kind of the whole point. See, even <laughs> exactly. us, us as hosts, our eyes are are opened. And, um, and I need to thank you as well because uh, I'd reached out to you quite a bit before the, I got this podcast up and up and going because I just had, you know, I had g- generic questions and then some slight panic modes on like, wait, am I not understanding? Am I going to screw this up before launching? And so I was just asking you and you were like, Ryan, leave me alone, but I wouldn't leave you alone. So uh, I appreciate your, 
guidance and assistance in my the long long road to finally get this beast up and going and it's no, ha- and ha- now ha- it is going it's in cruise control yep happy to do it and congratulations it's always exciting that people always exciting where i can pay it forward where people that helped me get mine off the ground absolutely absolutely so today i gave you oh no before we dive in what is your favorite batman story I don't think I can really choose just one. I mean, you have this, I kind of thought about this question ahead of time and, you know, I can go down the road of the standard answers, but I kind of wanted to look at, you know, other things I haven't heard or usually people talk about. So I just have a few that are usually outside of your long Halloween's, the dark Knight returns, Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the nightfall saga. Uh, Just the, the whole thing, just what they did to the character and just the chances they took Um, Batman white Knight. Uh, Batman, the man who laughs metal and, uh, JLA tower of Babel. Hmm. Did you like the animated, uh, doom justice league doom, the adaptation of that? Uh, yes. I thought, I mean, like with everything, there were things I, I enjoyed. There are things that I wish were in it, but I think for all in all, I think it did. It did pretty well. I think I've read that. I've read tower of Babel once. Uh, I liked it, but I kind of, I don't remember. I do remember the, the striking cover of the mm-hmm. one issue. Is it, is it Ra's al Ghul standing above like the, is it Fallen Heroes or is it Batman standing above? I think, I want to say it's Batman. It's been a while since I've revisited, but I know that's just the, the concept uh, of, you know, the, the sins of, you know, what Batman thinks he's doing for the right reasons comes back and bites him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good story. And I remember I'd seen that cover for like many times. Like, oh, I have to get into that. And then one day it clicked. Of like, oh, that's based. Oh, Justice League Doom. Okay. And then I I read it and it was good. So, um, cool, very cool. I mean, no, it's hard to pick just yeah. one. Although for me, the instant that I'd mentioned probably way too many times, the Long <laughs> Halloween, because I cannot I cannot get away from the Long Halloween. I love it so much. Oh yeah, no, but, there's nothing wrong with that. It is it's definitely on my top list. But I wanted to throw out some different different ideas out yeah. there. Yeah. Very cool. A good list, sir. A good list. And so today I reached out to you to ask if you'd like to be on. And without hesitation, I think you said the Black Mirror, Mm -hmm. which thank goodness, because that one also as highly regarded as the story is. I I don't come across not saying it's not out there, but I don't come across a lot of discussions on it. Like it's referenced of, oh, my gosh, one of the greatest, like most recent batman stories you know the past Mm -hmm. 10 years and stuff like that but nobody's really diving into it and so i was very excited also because it gave me a chance to dive into my new absolute edition of the black mirror now this this story it was originally published i think in 2011 detective comics 871 through 881 it's been collected in trade paperback trade hardcover and then this big absolute edition which is what i read uh, in preparation for this, what version did you read? I have a trade. I was, I, I'm a big absolute collector, but my, mm-hmm. my limit on absolutes is what different does it bring to the table besides just the awesome presentation, which no one can argue that it, that you get that only in absolutes, but the, mm-hmm. I'm an extras guy and just the extras, uh, seeing reviews and things like that were not, they have some a little bit different than absolute, but n- not nothing earth shattering that would justify the absolute price. So I went with the uh, trade for a fraction of the cost and I haven't regretted it. <laughs> no, no, that, that was a little, I totally agree with you there of when, but I never bought the, I never bought the trade. 
because I think I was trying to think like, I'm going to be responsible. I have each of these single <laughs> issues. I don't need to buy a collected form. And then I think I'd gotten my hands on one of them and I didn't, I didn't, it didn't have a ton of extras. So I'm like, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it, I'd seen online, it might've been uh, one of the artists for the, this run, Jock, mm-hmm. he'd said, mentioned that his cover or the issue 880, his cover of like a Joker face made out of bats was going on being sold online for, I mean, you name a hundred bucks over a hundred dollars, something like that. And I was like, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Well, I can't open that one ever again. I need to look into buying. <laughs> I need to look into buying a, a collected edition. And then sure enough, amongst absolute prices, um, finding this online, I got it for a pretty, a pretty good price. It was, I think it was like 50 bucks, which yes, yeah. $50. But for absolute prices, how they can, you know, they can almost tow up to the hundred dollar mark sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, that's worth it. So, yeah, no, I'd say that's that's a good deal. And I might reconsider it at times. It is it talking about it because it's definitely on my my top list of of stories for for Batman mm-hmm. and just the interesting things that we that get revealed and, and that it is not our Bruce Wayne as Batman. That's what I found the most intriguing. One of the most interesting stories is not Bruce under the cowl for this one. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just let's go ahead and and, uh, just dip into it. It's written by Scott Snyder, who'd at this point I'd been following through American Vampire and I really liked his work on American Vampire. He also did a a six issue series stories called uh, Severed, which is a a horror, uh, a horror story. And that one was really good, too. So reading, I almost feel like I'm missing missing one, but that that might've been it that I'd been introduced to at that point. And so obviously it's horror and horror, both like really good, good stories. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. What's he going to do? What's he going to do on Batman? Especially mm-hmm. since this is Dick Grayson's Batman and not Bruce Wayne's Batman. So he brought along uh jock and Francesco. I Frank Avia or Frank Avila. I think it's probably Frank Avia. Yeah. We'll and, go with uh, that. On, yeah. Sounds good. Uh FF. Uh, Franny Fran, the <laughs> he brought both of them on who I'd I'd uh, not seen either of their works either. So this is just a whole new team in itself that I'd, I that was new to me. So I was I was back into buying uh, or buying monthly Batman comics, making comic book trips to the store. But I was mm-hmm. a little turned off on the way because Bruce Wayne was missing after for the aftermath of Final Crisis. If if he's not going to be under the cowl, then I'm good with Dick Grayson being under the cowl. But at to, the, to that point, there hadn't been to me a uh, strong arc yet of Dick Grayson under the cowl. But I was I was intrigued, and I think Scott Snyder he definitely drew me to being excited about this upcoming arc. Do you remember where was or so I read it as it came out? Did uh, when did you first read it? I did not. I my first actual reading of it came. Sometime last year, um, I, you know, occasionally I always when I'm a collector of trades and hardbacks, I've long since stopped collecting uh, single issues just because uh, adulting and just, yep, you know, <laughs> other financial things coming away. So I'm usually I keep up with the news and everything like that. So I'm not totally out of loop. But I'm usually about th- a couple months behind when the trades and the hardbacks come out. But so I always would see this this on kind of top lists and finding out that it's, it's not, it's Scott Snyder's very first major Batman run. And that, Mm -hmm. 
you know, we always put, you know, Court of Owls and his work with Capullo and everything like that at the top. But this was his first ink and, it, and everyone looks like it's almost like the epitome of Detective Batman tales. And it's not even and it's Dick Grayson under the under the cowl. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, I have to give this a shot. Mm hmm. And uh, you did, and you loved it, apparently. Yes. Although that'd be a twist. We're like, actually, I don't really like it. <laughs> yes, no. Oh, okay. It, 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 that would have been interesting. You're right. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it just blew me away. It is, you know, as we talk about with the, you know, the movie, The Batman, you know, we are hearing more and more that it's just, you know, the focus on the noir and things like this. I mean, man, I, this is nothing but old-style noir just detective Batman back to his roots. Yep, absolutely. And the, so, I mean, just diving right in of this whole arc is called the black mirror. This whole collection is called the black mirror, all 10 issues or 11 issues. And only the first three issues is the arc, the black mirror. And then it kind of delves into something else. So I think that's, that's what's awesome to go back every time I'm revisiting the story is when I got the first the first issue of this collection and read it, you know, it was taken into, Oh, this is kind of, this is interesting of uh, a kid turned into killer croc and uh, Dick is starting to, is, you know, still coming to terms with living in a Wayne penthouse. Nothing feels like this doesn't feel like him. He just kind of feels like he's invading Bruce's space and he's just getting accustomed to being under the cowl. Yeah, and so especially, it's a lot of, and especially knowing that Bruce is back, but he's he's working on Batman Incorporated. So, you know, he you know he took over after he died, and now he's back. But so, but he's Dick's been left in charge of Gotham. So, like, he's he's really feeling like, oh my gosh, should I still be doing this anymore? Hmm. Yeah. There's a, so I mean, it's a perfect title for for this uh for this arc because it is Dick just like reflecting on himself and it's very it is a personal story of him questioning his place and 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 his actions mm-hmm. but it's interesting of the story as that is like there's got to be a villain <laughs> <laughs> and there and, and there's definitely a few just because of how many arcs there is but you know the you know we get our our intro villain is what was his name in the beginning the uh, dealer the dealer yes but you know that's just all these like little villains are kind of the i don't know what is it the you know just the precursor to our overarching villain that we don't see coming in the end you know yeah so what's so let's talk about this the black mirror arc but then at the end of that first episode was just a little so we're getting this the jock art which is like a i always call it like a sketchy mm-hmm. you could almost say it looks like it's maybe it's not sloppy and I mean that in total like uh, compliment. It's a it's great. I like Jock's art. He's a really good artist. Um, it's just a different stylized kind of art. But at the sprinkled at the at the end of the first issue is a little is it's when Franny Fran comes in with this thing called the Skeleton Keys Part One, and it's a it's Jim Gordon. Um, having to respond to an a- like a breakout at the aviary, Gotham's aviary, which it's kind of like, you know, what's the big deal? And then it, there's a lot of emphasis on who was seen in the cameras as a possible suspect, and it's James Jr. Mm-hmm. And then we get teased at the very end of him standing, like a l- 
Now, this is much more horror than anything that came before this in the issue, but you know, like a Jim's a little on alert, thinks somebody's in his apartment, and then that one of those birds from the aviary kind of crashes and through, scares him, and then we get that uh, James Jr. image on the very last panel. Unbeknownst to me at the time in reading, of just kind of like, huh, part one of three, what's this about? And that ends up taking over as we progress through this whole run. Mm-hmm. That becomes the central focus of the story. Yeah, and, and I just love that that art when we're it's very pulpish. It, it, it's very mm-hmm. pulp comics. It's it's very you know we'll say it again noir. But I also like you know we we it's a Dick story, but also we don't get too many stories in Batman that focuses on Commissioner Gordon and, and his past, mm-hmm. his family. I mean, this was my. I can't even remember this remembering that he had a son and you know, his history and his, his, his very dangerous and, and scary history that his son has had. Yeah. And it really is delved into like, I don't, yeah, I can't think of anything outside of year one. Uh, nothing comes to mind of a James jr. Story mm-hmm. and let alone, obviously one where he's so prominent of being, you know, one of the headliners and he's so important. Now, luckily for you, when you, you were able to read this, you were able to say, huh, turn the next page and keep going. Me, I was like, okay, <laughs> wait another month. <laughs> yeah. Wait another month for this, for this deal, the dealer story, which in itself is, I think a, a cool story. There's a lot of detective work of, of Batman tracking down. Uh, how did this kid that was at a private school, get his hands on something that made him turn into killer croc uh, and then it's just it's a domino effect and a really a corrupt little gee reflected later on in Snyder's work of almost like this dark society that is meeting meeting up in a in morbid locations that have like a history of violence and, and mm-hmm. death and tragedy and basically just auctioning off items from Batman's uh, rogues villains. So for me, that was kind of cool that they were able to still bring in the rogues, the villains that we know and love without really having to use them. Yeah. And, and just, just the, I don't know. It's, it's just the, the setting of everything. Everything's mm-hmm. very, I mean, Gotham is a character within itself in, in every kind of Batman story, but it's it always, it's always interesting when you get to view the, a, a different side of Gotham that, you know, is there, but it's this underbelly that is even f- makes it's just dirty. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is also drawn very well by Jock. Uh, I don't know who else did the coloring, but it is, it, it's a, it's a dirty, it's just dirty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I mean, just, I mean, just look at the, the, the auction of all these, I'm assuming I'm guessing more likely rich, rich people that mm-hmm. want these weird, just, I mean, for granted, uh, the, the crowbar that, kill Jason Todd and we put kill in quotes now, but initially yeah, killed kill Jason Todd um, or knocked him, knocked him out. And then the explosion is the one that killed him. So we'll get into that debate later, but you know, <laughs> but it's just the, I mean, we know there's unfortunately there's people like this in our society that just have sick fascinations, but just, you know, that was a mind blowing thing. It's like, Oh my gosh, geez, ugh, makes, like I said, just makes you feel dirty reading it, that there are people like that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a little messed up. Uh, so that story it, it wraps well a striking image to me was uh, Dick's escape so everybody's under he's under the 
poison gas. I think it's one of a, like a scarecrow toxin. So he sees everybody as monsters and then he kind of ends up hallucinating that he wakes up and that he's missing his legs. Uh, And that those couple pages were quite surprising and horrific Mm -hmm. classic, classic Scott Snyder at the time. And then and, and, ultimately- and you got you got to love the the tech that he uh, Dick gets to use with this new kind of Mission Impossible face mask thing. <laughs> yeah, that mean that's what I was going to say. Is and then we wrap up basically this arc with the dealer because he goes flying. Yes, Mission Impossible style Batman into uh, to catching the dealer who's trying to fly out of Gotham, and he turns into a man bat, but Dick stops him. Uh. I mean, it's it's not. If that was it, I don't think that this this story would, mm-hmm. you know, go on to be one of the greatest Batman stories of all time. It's like, oh, cool, that's a that's a cool story. Yeah, but it's the it's the inclusion of this the skeleton key that really. Oh my gosh! So the part one was at the end of the first issue. Part two is at the end of the second. They didn't put part three after the third. So it was kind of like waiting. So the, the impact of this still wasn't resonating because of the part two of the skeleton keys had, it ended with a uh, junior sitting at a, at a diner with, with Jim. And mm-hmm. he's just kind of like, hi dad. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And it's so just like, had Oh to my wait. goodness. <laughs> yeah. And then had to wait two two months to, to see where that picked up, which is weird that, I mean, it's not weird. But I, I don't know. I maybe I'm just struck a little bit of how all the collections afterwards they pieced the the three parts of the skeleton key together. Yeah, that's what, um, that's how mine is. Cases, all, I'm sorry, it's all in one. Yeah. After the Black Mirror arc, whereas that's not how it was originally printed. So, skeleton cases, skeleton key comes later. Sorry. Uh, I don't know if that matters to you, bothers you or anything like that. It's just a little jarring to me still 10 years later, almost that that's how it's printed. Yeah, I I can see, you know, kind of kind of reveals kind of shows the the dealer's hand a little bit on on his son, you Mm -hmm. know, instead of kind of piecemealing it. You know, it's kind of a darned if you do darned if you don't situation when you're trying to do these collections, you know, do you want to do it like it was or do you want to put it all in one? I you know, I'm sure there your listeners can say, "Oh, I really love it, like how it's done a collection." Or people like us that like a little mystery at that point. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, for someone that's never read it, it's definitely helpful that it's all together. <laughs> and I, I think that's how I, I have to see it too. Is I almost feel like maybe it reached more people being in a trade than it did the month to month release. And so for them, it's just all in order. It's sequential, so that just makes. That just makes a little bit more sense. But just finding uh, out, but I mean, just finding out, you know, Gordon's son is, you know, basically, you know, has psychological issues. Yeah. So let's just, let's dive in. So another story arc in this, like it's, I don't want to say that it's filler cause it's, it's enjoyable, but it is like, it's Conger city, which is when he goes after a tiger shark, there's a connection because a whale shows up in the middle of a Gotham bank and there's a person inside of it. It's kind of, it's mm-hmm. bonkers <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like to think about it. It's bonkers, but it's a whole detective story of solving, solving that it doesn't necessarily have an much of an impact of this overarching story of the Gordons, but it is to me still like 
is an entertaining issue in story arc to read. I don't necessarily need to dive into that because I I want to get to the the Gordons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to get it, to the Gordons. It is an interesting. It is an interesting story. It's again just you know seeing you know a new type of Gotham villains that are there and, and things like that. But yeah, no, I I think like you said the the main course is is James's son. Yep. So where we get to the skeleton cases, those three three parts. Uh, James Jr. He's trying to basically tell Jim of like, I know, you know, I've had problems. I've gotten help. I've uh, he makes these really bad jokes that aren't funny and are kind of jarring. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly and I'm dis- dissecting this because I think this was like planted so well by Scott Snyder uh, for the rest of the story as the junior and Jim are sitting at the diner talking. There's a joke made earlier on by a junior that he'd uh, cut off somebody's head and thrown it in a toilet or something in mm-hmm. the diner bathroom. And he's like, I'm just joking, dad. The remainder yeah, I know, I, of I that, that was just like, uh, all right, that's <laughs> kind of a, not a joke, but all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, you got to build up a joke and then deliver it, but there's just, just, nope, here's the punchline. Isn't that funny? No, it's not. Anyways, the it, we get and then as Junior goes on explaining, you know, the past year and whatnot and what he's been doing, we kind of keep flat jumping from him to Jim to this bathroom that apparent that he made the joke about, and we start to notice that there's a flood. Cut back to Junior, back to the little the flooding, which is getting worse. To Jim, and it's making you as the reader question of like. Okay, we're on we're in the same boat as uh Jim here of was he really kidding or did he really do this? And like the anxiety levels picking up a little bit more, a little bit more. And then when Junior leaves, of course Jim runs to runs right away to see what the flooding is. And no, that's not it. So you're like, hmm. So he is kidding. Yeah. And it's Snyder's <laughs> way of playing with us at that point where us, just like Jim, we're kind of like, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I think it's brilliantly paced and it's just like a really small, like eight page, eight page scene. Yeah. And it's so quick. It's just like, of of course it happens in a diner with a cop, you know, just, you just got to pay attention almost like every little piece. But yeah, that, that subtle, that subtle water coming out from the bathroom is just like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And then like a sigh of relief (laughs) when, Mm -hmm. when it's, when it realizes it's not, you know, it's not what we thought. So maybe James jr. Is, is on the mend. He is better. Now were you being, having read this for the first time later, were you tipped off at all that there's more to this than then like at this point in the story, are, were you aware of like, oh, there's he's not off the hook. There's more here. I think that my I think w- reflecting back why why I really started, why I finally jumped jumped into this originally last year was uh, I think it was around the time that um, the Batman Who Laughs was getting ready to come out that little short mini series, and mm-hmm. it was gone. It, they had gone on record saying this: if you want to understand this better. Uh, James Jr. is going to be a big part of that. You should read Black Mask because it picks up on threads from there. And I was like, all right, even more sold. <laughs> so I kind of had an I, I 
and it's when I say I had an idea, it was more just okay, he's involved. I don't know any history about James Jr. So this this all was, you know, like I said, just shocking and just interesting and said, well, go figure, the cop has has a psychotic son. Yeah, so I can I ask because at the time yeah, I didn't know what the future was holding. Like, yeah. I didn't know what was next. I didn't know that there was, you know, that Snyder was doing seven more issues of this run or anything. And it's like, okay, well, he wouldn't just randomly throw this in here. We have, as readers, have no knowledge of James Jr. Obviously, in the story, Jim knows. And there's this whole one. It's like, huh. And it gave Snyder a way to just like play with us and our expectations. And like, just like he did with this last part right here of teetering back and forth, like, haha, funny joke. Wait, was it a joke? Yeah. yeah, it was a joke. And then it's like that last page reveal. It can be like, well, what were you expecting? We said at the beginning, it was a joke. It's where yeah. you're kind of like, Snyder, <laughs> I don't, I don't, tr- I don't trust you. I don't trust what you're doing, but I'm going to keep reading. Yeah. And, and, and th- so, go, go ahead. ahead. I was, I was going to say that the, um, the story, the follow-up of the Lost Boys story, um, even more, <laughs> we go down the path uh, of uh, we go the Lost Boys story, looking at the um, how um, I don't know, just how deep his son really is, and and building the case of man, he he is some sort of messed up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I get what you're I get what you're saying now. I mean, that's where the, I think the book does, it takes off from, it takes off from there. And it's a, it's a character study, but like done in a really great way because it's not, it's like, it's Snyder does a really good job of, he's not necessarily revealing anything. He's not telling you as the reader what to think, or you cannot trust him. There's just a lot of almost, it fits under this black mirror scope and just the ideas of mirrors and reflection because that's what like each character is kind of doing and i think jim's put on the spot definitely because it's his kid he knows the history but it's like i want to have hope that my kid has Mm -hmm. uh you know evolved he has helped himself he's he is doing good and i think it's great that the it seems the only character who doesn't bluff at all is barbara and like she's like no i know who he is he hasn't changed and she just she will not budge yeah, and I love the the splash page in this story of of the you know Gordon's face and how the different you have one side in the in the blue and white and the other side you know in, in the reflecting on the cabin just the colors it's just probably my favorite splash page in the entire the entire book. Oh my gosh! So that's where uh, so two great artists on this book, but I think I think I like Francesco's art more. Because of the, his pages come in when it's dealing with the Gordon story. And that's definitely, that's the pull for me uh, through this whole run is with the Gordons. And which I can't, I don't know that, I don't know another story, maybe not even year one, where I'm like almost more fascinated with the Gordons than Batman himself, no matter who's under the cowl. Mm-hmm. But Francesco gets man, he gets so many good splash pages, exactly like you just said too, of this could be, 
I don't know to see this, whether it's in an animated movie or a live action movie, almost done like this, telling the story, like, Oh my gosh, that would be so cool. And it tells two pages, like so much going on. Yeah. And, and and the story about how they believe that Barbara's missing friend that goes missing suddenly was killed by, by um james only to be revealed that it wasn't james it was this this killer that gordon's been tailing where he admits that oh yeah i'm the one that did it Mm-hmm. exactly so then it yet yet again snyder playing with you in like what were you like what were you thinking in making jim question himself and dick question himself barbara still not budging now, I was premature in saying that Hungry City didn't have much of an impact overall, but sprinkled throughout it was definitely Gordon talking to Dick and wanting Dick to go see Junior mm-hmm. and kind of just, you know, trust size his gut up. and get a Exactly. Size him up. Perfect phrase. Uh, in which Dick at this point in the story doesn't seem like there's much, but then there's the the end of of that issue, Hungry City Part 3. Uh, so when, well, when Dick and and junior do meet and he's talking about junior's talking about this guy that he confronts and mm-hmm. or some, some jerk uh, from their past, but then he saw him and he's just like, it, you know, no issues. There's no problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, um, he's, he's uh, yeah. kind of taking over a house and, um, you know, chopping up a guy, chopping him up in his basement. And, of this of this arc where things look like they're wrapped up batman he has he has his monologue and he jumps off a roof where it's like oh perfect ending next page oh we're back with junior again okay hey that's not that's not his mailbox yeah. uh and then you turn the page and that last page is this guy who's just getting his limbs uh chopped off and what like playing with the shadows of junior mm-hmm. at the bottom of the steps and just, his just seeing those, oh my god that that's that it's just his glasses you see just like oh my gosh mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of like sin city and and how yes. they did did the you know in the movie it was played by elijah wood's character but just frank frank miller and in, in drawing it just that that character's eye eyeglasses in the shadows it was just like oh it just harkens back to that Oh, so good. And at this point, we know in the story of like, what? The gloves are off. We know <laughs> he's been he's been duping. He's been duping us and everything to where I can't imagine like the excitement slash nervousness mm-hmm. of Snyder at this point of like, I hope this really works. Uh, I think nine years later, he can have a, you know, he can breathe a sigh of relief that, yes, it did work. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, sorry, um, you're not better. And that's when we start flipping to the next one where we find out uh, what's going on with Junior. He's a he's a mastermind. He's got this. He works into this into this plot of these pills that were in trial run that he'd been saying were helping him. He's kind of weaponized them. And he as Gordon and Dick find out of like he wants to weaponize these uh, these pills into basically doing something you know, scientific because Snot Snyder's Scott Snyder is really smart and he can, uh, he can really explain things <laughs> that I'm like, wait, what? But weaponize them to trigger something with the brain, kind of lose empathy, turning everybody into psychopaths. And we get, basically this is, this is almost just like the, the final act of year one of it's a Gordon story. Um, mm-hmm. 
we get a really cool inclusion like story of the Joker and using the Joker here um, being misled yet again by Snyder that the Joker is behind these last moves when in reality and that Joker is going to target uh, ex Mrs. Gordon mm-hmm. in her hotel room. Uh, meanwhile, the second to last, I, I know I'm flying all over the place here of the, you're going to want to read the Jim, story. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Like um, Jim finds. So this, the skeleton key of one of, of Barbara, young Barbara's friend back in the day and the one who went missing. And they thought, did uh, James Jr. Do it? No, it was this actual killer. Um, the, there's an important key f- played throughout that whole story. And then Jim stumbles upon it at, at the end of the second to last issue, fully revealing kind of everything. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he's, you know, Junior's gone after a few people too. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a good dude. Yeah, he is not is. recovered. <laughs> he he is he has kidnapped Barbara. Mhm. And took out I think his mom. <laughs> yep, took out his mom. Well, she's alive, so, yeah. but like with with an adventure of her life. So I mean, and, and you know, he is he is a pure blood psychopath. Yeah, and I will backtrack and say it was the not the second to last issue, the one issue before that Jim found the keys. Mm-hmm. Moving on. The next one, and yeah, is uh, Mama Gordon is in the bathtub. So she's found in the bathtub. Like You'd think she's... Sorry, I thought she was dead. Because oh, yeah. in like that image itself and, and like the blood and how her face seems frozen in that horrific Joker smile and then her eyes, everything about it. But then they quickly just... You turn the page... And she's recovering and all hooked up to wires and stuff in this, uh, in the this big, what do you want to call it? The crime scene or mm-hmm. crime room that the, the Waynes have built that Dick's been working out of this whole arc. She's hooked up there. She's going to be fine. Yeah. But yeah, him going after Barbara, who's always known or always believed that, James Jr. is is not a well person and does not and always, you know, besides always looking over her shoulder for Joker, he is the other one she is always looking over her shoulder about. And he kidnaps her and basically he does the as all villains do. We have to monologue and tell the whole plot <laughs> of his plan. Yep. And then we get it's a pretty another shocking. But but I think uh, what's even more shocking is like where he stabs her in the legs. You know, she is Oracle at, at this point. So she she doesn't have the use of her legs, but he stabs her basically puncturing the the key artery at that point that if you uh, remove it, you're going to bleed out. Yeah. So that was like, oh, my gosh, this is. Twisted. <laughs> yeah, this is this is some, like twisted stuff, but like is very engaging as well. And it's why, because Snyder's planted these seeds. He's done, I think those issues that were spent on just character work, it's I'm fully invested in the main players of the story of Jim and Barbara and Dick and uh, James Jr. Like I'm fully invested into what's happened to all of them. Granted, I've liked Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon, Jim Gordon, my entire, my whole life reading them in comics. I've liked all three of them, but it's, 
it's just such great. I think it's just really great character work in all of this to where this final issue, everything does matter. Yeah. And he's always been so good at, at spreading these bur these, these breadcrumbs everywhere. He, you know, from when he gets, takes over Batman fully with Caputo, but you know, as you know, they, they believe they stop him. They hope that they stop him from doing it, but there's uh-huh. no, there's no real knowledge because they said that from what it looks like he might have did this earlier than when, and so there's no telling if he was able to accomplish this plan or not. Excuse me. So we don't know, and they left that ominous image of, you know, the baby looking out. But I also like how, you know, Gordon's chasing down Junior as he was trying to escape. And he, you know, ends up falling over and he, James Gordon grabs him and says, I'm, I told you, I'm not letting you go. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it touching. To me, I took that. I, I thought that that was also a nod in to like Snyder's nod to year one. And the, there was, as is anybody, I think that writes, um, that writes Batman. I think they always mention of like, you know, influenced of year one, Dark Knight Returns. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I'd read somewhere of he had a year one approach, wants us on a year one kind of approach, whatever. And I kind of feel not trying to stretch anything that there are little nods. And you've even alluded to it, like at the beginning of this, of some year oneness of dirtiness of Gotham and stuff. But I think that that bridge scene there at the very end with the Gordons is such a, I don't know, it's nodding to year one subtly, but for avid fans, I think that they'd see they'd see that it's there, and there's something subtle in its meaning attaching to that uh, symbolizing of Gordon's going over the bridge, you know, from year one and Batman saving and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. I am I stretching too far? No, I th- I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think it's it, it, it's it's what he's trying to harken back for for why not borrow from the you know from what many consider to be one of the best Batman stories and origins. You know, harken back to that time. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that, but you know, it's just, I mean, yeah, we've, we've just scratched the surface on all the different parts, but you know, if you have never read the black mirror, definitely, if you're a subscriber on DC universe, you have it already. Like I said, it's just, it, it's just the detective run, as you said earlier from 871 to 881. So you DC D- universe does have it. And if you're not, and you're not a big fan of wanting to play wanting excuse me, pay, for an absolute the tra- the trade is very very affordable you know 17 mm-hmm. bucks for the trade so it's definitely well worth it um it, it was a new entry to my top 10 batman stories of all time you know it's just so so good one of these days i think I, i'll do an episode that i'll list uh top 10 you know batman stories which as i try to emphasize a lot it can be you know it can be a whole a trade collection book. It can be a single issue. It can be, you know, something like that. But the, the, the black mirror, like this 11 issue run that even with time, I'm like, Oh, I can state that it is in my top 10 list of Batman stories. It is like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know a weakness in it, you know, like you can pick apart I mean, if you're on a mission, which I don't ever like to be on a mission, you can be like, yeah, maybe this part I didn't like after you've read something 419 times. You say, okay, maybe this one part right here or something. I can't, I haven't come across anything in the Black Mirror that I would change or that I didn't really even like. Yeah, it's, 
uh, I don't know. It's it's so many just different parts, and I, I like that we're just giving your listeners just a. Uh, I mean, you know, we spoil you know some of the big things, we but spoiled it. I mean, a- if they're listening, they've already read it. Like I, I kind of that's my approach. I don't say spoiler <laughs> warning at the very True. beginning because it's like we're not going to talk about something. And be like, oh, by the way, we're not going to spoil it. Like we gotta to be able to address some things in here. Like we gotta spoil it. So oh yeah. Uh, so but yeah, just oh just a great thing that I only discovered last year. Definitely just awesome story. Amazing, amazing, great Batman story, noir detective focused, you know, lots of, you know, sideways sideways looks. You think you're going one way, but really we're going another area. So just, Oh, mm-hmm. great. Great, great. So since you're saying, since you're praising this book so much, do you have, I have two questions for you. One, do you have a favorite part? Um, I think, I like the Lost Boys story um, mm-hmm. just because I'm always a big fan of like background digging into characters and what makes them tick. Um, that, that, like I said, that one splash page of Gordon's face. So, um, you know, I do like the first part of it, the quote-unquote Black Mirror part where, you know, we get to see kind of Dick still wrestling with Bruce being back and understanding his role now as Bruce being being back. How does he feel being Batman? So, you know, I like I love character driven arcs. You know, I love the action and things like that, but that's what really grabs me to the story. It's very, very character driven. And there's a reason that that's always um, that's always mentioned in that that probably isn't the first time that somebody's heard that. But it's like because that's it's just true. You you need to care about the characters for the rest for the story to carry any weight. And so some stories it's like in trying to make you care about the characters, you can almost like, yeah, I see what you're doing and it's just not working or it's forceful. And I just don't feel any of that in this whole story. I think Snyder's just laying, like you said, laid the breadcrumbs. He's explored characters, really made you care about them. And I think my answer to that too, like a favorite part would also be the lost boys issue of that. Just, mm-hmm. you know, when you start reading it, Oh, this is, almost, this is a backstory. This is explaining. Um, and you get, like you get misdirection from Snyder and not as in like, Oh my gosh, you lied to me. Like as a reader, you feel betrayed by the writer or anything like that. It's by the end of the, of the issue, you could be like, he's like, this is, this is your fault as a reader. If you kind of feel like you were betrayed, cause he's just telling a story, but then flips that all around later on in the whole arc. So yeah, that lost boys issue, I think is, is the highlight amongst everything that's, going on in this whole run mm-hmm. so and then and then a, do you have a favorite a favorite panel or it could be a page or oh that splash page that goes back to that splash page that i've i love just how juxtaposition his face and the colors and and all that just oh it, it, it's such a you could see the concern in in jim's face but you just see two different like there's literally three stories going on at that moment on that page you've got the present you've got the past and you got a different part of the past you know now people just think that i'm just copying you but uh same <laughs> <laughs> my favorite panel cuz that that opening just opening to that page it's just oh Francesco's art is just I like Jock, but his art is just so so fitting for this mood. And I think as you just said, three stories in this splash page, and it it's telling you so much about 
James Jr. Mm-hmm. And this this incident back at the you know at the cabin that is really it was the trigger and it's kind of haunting this Gordon family all these years later and and like right in the middle of it is Jim in the present as he's hunting down this guy who ties into the cabin the cabin story effectively and sets expectations for the rest of the story. It's just so much going on in this just this splash page by itself that yeah, I totally agree that that's my most striking and favorite favorite image. Mm-hmm. No, so if like I ever the... have a lunch with Francesco, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> there we go. One day it'll happen. <laughs> Chris Valga and I are, are with you on uh, Black Mirror. That's got to be your favorite stuff because yep. of this one page. <laughs> would, would, would you ever like to see this turned into an like an animated movie? I think that'd be the I think it'd be I think it'd be good. It'd be definitely very visceral just because of the I I. I'm not I, even though I love seeing things page to screen, I like I, I am all for if you want to add, adapt it and make some changes, things in that. But yeah, I, it would be it would have to be. I don't like putting time limits on it, but it needs to, it, it should be to give it the proper treatment. It needs to be at least 90 minutes. I would prefer it being two hours to really delve mm-hmm. into it. So but you can even take this the idea of Gordon's gordon's son and do something with it just base it off of you know this character so yeah it it would be good yeah that's where i think with the animated movies i'm very much a i like inspired by not straight up adaptation so i think the black mirror i don't know how they could do every single thing that they do in the story and adapt it to the animated movie verbatim i don't i i just i don't know um as long as they respect the source material, then sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said before, like the, the year one animated movie, they did exactly page to screen with uh, uh, divisive results. Dark Knight Returns basically did exactly page to screen with unanimous positive results. So it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. <laughs> you can please some of the people most of the time and none of the people all the time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if they ever did do it in animated form, I I just I hope they do something distinct and kind of original with the the look of the movie, though. Yeah, that's my it's kind of my I enjoyed the hush adaptation, but I thought the. For a book that is praised and stands out because of how gorgeous the book is, they went with their same pattern of of animation. And I'm like, oh, I wish it could have been <laughs> something to step it up just a little bit, you know? Yeah. But, well, yeah. one day, okay. one day we'll get it. We'll get it there. One, one of these days. I'll talk to Fran, Francesco about it for lunch. But yeah. uh, do you have any last words about the Black Mirror? No, just uh, like I said, if you haven't got it already, it's an awesome story. If you haven't read it or knew of it, you know, definitely. Yes, we spoiled it, but you should still pick it up because there's so much there. You will totally appreciate, even though if you see the the hits coming, um, it's just the journey that is probably the most intriguing than the result. So, but yeah, pick it up. Great. And also thank you so much for letting me come onto your podcast and gush about this one. Absolutely. It is a great story. I'm glad that you, that you picked it cause I hadn't read it in a while. And just like if anybody listening, if they haven't read it in a while, like read it again, cause it's definitely, it's, it doesn't take away much of the effect knowing what's going to happen that I'm, I'm reading it now for, 
you know, maybe like my sixth time or something like that. (laughs) And it's still, it's still really good, which is why it's in my top 10 list. So I'm um, glad that you chose it. But also congratulations again, man, on launching your podcast. I'm proud of you. It's, it's, it's always, it's, we, we support each other, but again, you're doing a good thing. Keep, keep, keep doing it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Any way that I can get people to read more comics, especially Batman comics. Yes. It's always a good thing. (laughs) So why don't you go ahead and, uh, plug your show plug yourself and speak your piece definitely thank you so again my show is world's finest true believers uh you can follow that on twitter at finest believers or me personally at chris balga uh you can email the show at world's finest true believers at gmail.com again we we look at any publisher and do a deep any comic book arc or graphic novel from any publisher so feel free to either tweet at me uh, email the show always always wanting new guests to come on so even if you haven't listened to the show give it a listen or just say hey i want to come on haven't listened to it, but i love the idea please i'm always there i always am welcoming new guests on and love having new guests to talk about something they love so but thank you again so much for the opportunity to come on your show absolutely and if anybody wants to test out an episode of world's finest true believer i think episode nine is the best that show's ever done um no bias just right? go no ahead bias. and just look it up no none at all none at all just listen to them and i think man those two they really hit it off on that one but anyways uh yeah so again if if you want to follow the batman book club to just kind of see what what episodes coming next and uh just get any information on it you can follow on twitter at the batman bc as i mentioned at the top of the show Feel free to write in uh, with questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or anything Batman at all at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. And lastly, you can follow me on Twitter, which is almost like another Batman Book Club account. So I only tweet about Batman at Lauer underscore Ryan, Lauer spelled like lower. So once again to Chris, thanks for joining, and we will talk to you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> <laughs>